The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. And that's because the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe has some great features like the available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, and much, much more. So think about those places that you want to go, the things that you'd like to do this weekend and where the Santa Fe can take you. Learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and today we're breaking down everything you need to know, fantasy and betting, for the Scottsdale, Arizona Open. And to help me do that, my partner for the day, it's Eric Patterson. What's up, E-Pat? Good to be back, Rick. Another uh, Outlaw Tour slate to break down. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, this one, so we are, you know, we're, we're ramping up here. We are, the fields are getting deeper they're getting stronger we've got some pga tour professionals that you will recognize in the field but we're still uh we're still stuck on on one day slates on on the fantasy sites especially on on draft kings yeah we're still grinding the 18 holders a lot more variance goes into those but uh you know three days of entertainment can't complain with it that's true especially you were telling us it's what snowing in toronto right now yeah there's not not a whole <laughs> lot to do yet so not really going outside until, uh, yeah, hopefully the warmer weather shows up here soon. Well, I, I won't date the show, but I will actually be on Toronto radio Sunday night. So don't be afraid to tune into that, Eric. Taking my spot, Rick. Is that your spot? Is that where you usually uh, no, go? I'd, okay. I'd, I'd jump on once in a while, but yeah, it's a, that's the popular spot up here. I love it. I love it. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's jump into this. A little bit of a course and tournament preview. So this Scottsdale, Arizona Open... We've been teasing this uh, a bit over the uh, over the past couple of weeks because we knew this was coming. Uh, this is kind of the the largest guaranteed purse that we've seen. I think it's one hundred and twenty five thousand dollars. You're getting uh, PGA Tour professionals, and there are uh, it's like an established event that we've seen names that we recognize, for lack of a better way to put it, play over the years. So it's it's Talking Stick Golf Club, uh, EPAT. That's where they've played this. I'm pretty sure every year, I mean, I've got at least the last three years of history up there. It's been a talking stick the entire time, right? Uh, that's what I've been told as well. Yeah. Same, same course for the last three years. There are two courses there. This is the North course. Um, it's been renamed as something I can't pronounce, but the North course is talking stick. <laughs> okay. Now, if you look at the scorecard and the yardage book, uh, every hole has a name, Eric. Uh, how do you feel about holes having names? Uh, I don't mind it. I don't think I would ever call them by their names other than like the ones at Augusta that you kind of are familiar with. But yeah, I'm not going to be like, oh yeah, this is so-and-so hole. It's just number three to me or whatever. So you wouldn't say that number seven is Coyote Trail or number uh, 13 is left is safe, which is also doesn't have like a great ring to it. (laughs) Kind of a (laughs) different mix there. Um, One sounds like it has a story and one's just kind of the... (laughs) <laughs> where not to go yeah these might some of this might be lost in translation here one is called um <laughs> the 18th hole is called that's it we will see you again 
that's what it's called. Oh, that's <laughs> kind of nice. They welcome you back. <laughs> yeah. So there's some, you, there's some good ones. You can roll through the, the yardage book there, but we're talking probably about 71, 7,200 yards or so, which if you look back at the last couple of weeks of, you know, outlaw tour, golden state tour, this is probably on the longer side of things. I think the, the tips at talking sticker are, are 7,100. I don't know if they're playing that or something a little bit further, but this, in my opinion, would lean on the, on the longer side. Yeah, that's probably right. It is a par 70. So only two, two par fives. Um, I, I heard from some of the people who are familiar with the course that, yeah, that's, it's pretty flat, no water. Um, they is considered short, a little wide open off the tee, but the greens are kind of tricky. It's a uh, Bill core Ben Crenshaw. I don't want to get too deep into the architecture stuff, but they are known for some of their, you know, funkier greens with, you know, you gotta have, you gotta have the right angle into the green as opposed to just kind of bombing and gouging. And the other thing that I noticed about this is generally when we hop on here over the past couple of weeks and we talk mini tours, you have to shoot, 63 every day to, to win the golf tournament that is not historically been the case here uh the last three years the winning scores have been 10 under nine under and 10 under so the, and this it's a three round tournament so we're talking eric i mean three or four under every day probably wins you this thing yeah it's not going to be the shootout that we've kind of seen the last few few weeks where you need you know to probably hit 20 under to have a chance at winning so um you know dk scoring will be down um it's a little bit more of a grind than it is it's just a kind of a target birdie fest let's uh let's jump into the dk field here um joel damon headlines this field at eleven thousand dollars flat now i want to get your take on this because joel has been in the news recently because on friday uh he not only shot a 59 eric uh, he shot a 58 at mesa country club um which is obviously um when he was like two under after seven by the way he absolutely scorched the back nine but now you have a situation where on DraftKings you've got the most expensive guy in the field the best ranked player in the field the guy who won this event three years ago he won it in 2017 and he just fired a 58 is he going to be the absolute most popular guy in, in every single lineup. You would probably think that um, maybe for like a full slate, but just one day uh, people will obviously be drawn to him just by the name, but the price tag is probably a little too steep. Um, there's always merit to fading a guy for, for one round. Um, even if he is, you know, obviously he's playing well, the 58, I think he saw, he said it on your, your Twitter, he responded and said, I think I peaked a little too early, so <laughs> there is a chance he, you know, he doesn't come back out and birdie whatever twelve of the last eleven holes or something like that. So um, it's a, it's definitely an interesting kind of test case to see where the ownership will fall come, you know, Tuesday. But uh, I don't think Damon will be the most popular, but I think he'll definitely have, you know, his fair share of ownership. Okay, so I, I'm glad you can – and please continue to remind me about the one-day thing because it really does make a difference. Um, even someone like Kevin Streelman is a, is a really good example of this. Some guys just do this they, – they do it differently, Eric. I mean, some guys go 
super low and then they shoot even par and then they can kind of go low again or someone and that's what kevin streelman does kevin streelman um one of the most uh, volatile pga tour players but that that goes in both directions um he can pop up and go nuts over the course of a round or two uh he can also play pretty poorly like him and kevin na are two very volatile golfers that actually in a situation of one round showdown you might want that compared to someone like uh, I don't even know who a good like Dylan Wu. I feel like is a pretty good example of someone who might just go out and shoot like two or three under every day, and he'll be there on Sunday, or I guess it's not actually Sunday. He'll be there in the final rounds, but he won't necessarily rack you up a ton of DraftKings showdown points along the way. Yeah, and we saw that with you know we saw that with Spawn when he came in and he was like the top top priced, pretty uh, heavily owned, and he just he just shot like even par or something and everyone was pretty, pretty disappointed with that round. It can happen. These guys can just, you know, not have it shoot 70 or whatever. And that's just not good enough for one day. Whereas like, if this was, if we're playing over three rounds, um, there'd be a lot more, you'd be considering jamming Streelman and Damon in. Cause you're probably the, there's a good chance that these two guys are going to be coming inside the top five, but for one day, who, who knows? Yeah. And this is a full, uh, 100, I've, I count 153 golfers in the field, which, uh, has got to be the biggest field we've seen in the world of golf in the, in the past six or seven weeks. I mean, this is a full field event. Uh, and there is a large range from Joel Damon, Kevin Streelman to the guys at, at the bottom of, of this player pool. Um, so after, after Damon and Streelman, you get like Alex Chekas here, uh, Picanso who won last week is an even $10,000 friend of the pod, Dylan Wu 9,800. Is there anybody else that might be, you know, if, if Damon's going to be super popular, is there a better pivot up here at the top to one of these guys? Um, I think, uh, the guy who won last week is definitely an option. Picanso, uh, in his interview after round two, I think he still had the lead. He went 65-64, and this this guy is just an absolute stick on the Outlaw Tour. He's like, I have, I'm feeling a little rusty still. And then he went <laughs> out and won. Like, so obviously, he said he, the putter was working for the first two rounds, and then he still went out and won. So just, you know, just because you haven't heard of him, um, and when he's surrounded by, you know, three PGA Tour pros, uh, one of the best Corn Ferry Tour guys, a European Tour player, it's like, He's probably not going to get a lot of attention, but he just mm-hmm. won. He's clearly playing very well. Um, and it is that like that last guy at the 5K in the five-digit range that people yeah. are probably a little more hesitant to play him. But um, he's probably just as likely to go shoot six under and, on Tuesday as opposed to, you know, Cheka or Streelman. Yeah, I, I like that. I, I think a lot of people will opt to either spend up for one of the names that they recognize and play in, in PGA DraftKings lineups every week, someone like a Joel Damon, or they'll go down to, yeah, Dylan Wu, who's, you know, kind of Corn Ferry Tour uh, top five on the, on, the, on the points list right now, leaving Picanso a little bit uh left behind now did you see i i know you saw this but he got into a playoff with an amateur and uh there was a great tweet that was like uh, one of the best playoff to be in is the one where the the prize money doesn't matter because you're getting it either way which is so good uh I, I love that yeah i was uh i was following that stream the 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 broadcast went down on the 18th green so we missed all the drama <laughs> but they pay, they actually couldn't go back to play 18 because there was public play coming up behind them so it just kind of gives you a what the landscape of these tournaments are but yeah um it was funny they were talking about the prize money and trying to figure out how much the amateur was going to make and apparently he was like i think you get your your money back but in in gift store credit or like clubhouse credit so it was it was a you know just kind of a behind the curtains look into what these guys are dealing with but that's yeah i think uh picanso 
you know, he's probably, he would be the best guy in this field if the PGA tour was still going on. So yeah. now you get Damon Streelman, all these guys are showing up coming for what he would probably consider his money. Um, I think he's got just more to prove more to play for, uh, you know, a little chip on his shoulder, if you will, you want to, you want to see how you stack up against some of the best guys in the world. And he has that opportunity. Yeah, this is certainly your chance. Now, the the sub ten k guys, I think, interesting. I, I I mentioned Dylan Wu. I, I I spoiler alert. We'll talk about him when we get to the betting side of things. I prefer him. I prefer him over there. Uh, Callum Hill is ninety six hundred. Who, like, I don't know how sneaky this is going to be, but you have to understand he's one of the higher you know higher ranked players in the world at this event. Um, he, he finished third here two years ago in, in, in 2018, he hasn't been all that great recently, but he was like the first one where like six weeks ago when, when everything was kind of shut down and before a lot of guys started making the, the transition to the mini tour golf, he was out over on the outlaw tour winning an event like six weeks ago. So it's not like he's, he's played poorly. I just feel like no one's really talking about him. Yeah. He missed the cut last week and he kind of looked I was following his group. He looked kind of dejected, not too interested in the second round to try and grind and make the cut or whatever it might be. But there are a bunch of like shiny new names that people are going to be more drawn to when as Hill, yeah, he just won. Um, definitely going to be overlooked considering some of the names that are just, you know, a few hundred dollars cheaper than him. Is Nate Lashley catching steam right now? Uh, I would think so. Uh, 9,300 for, you could argue he's, you know, better than Streelman both the same as Damon he won last year on the PGA tour and here he is <laughs> yeah. at 9300 it's kind of his uh his betting odds have, have taken a hit he opened around 30 to 25 to 1 in there and now he's sub 20 so people are you know recognizing that name and are trying to you know get a piece of him while the while you know he, he's probably one of the best guys in this field yeah i um He's he's the profile of guys that I would like in a one round showdown. Uh, the with the way he kind of won his event, which was what Rocket Mortgage, is that right? Yeah. Okay. Um, and he was like the late. I don't even know if he Monday qualified. He was like a late alternate, like, uh, like Wednesday night or something, and then goes wire to wire to win that event. But what he has shown us on the PGA Tour, and even in the events that he hasn't played all that well in, is he can put it together for a round at a time. It's 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 him putting it together for three or four that has kind of been an issue, but that's not a concern this week. So I, I understand why he's catching a lot of steam right now. I, I think it makes sense. It took me a while to kind of come around on it because when I first saw it, I probably did the same thing, Eric. I was I just kind of scrolled past him, and then I like at second glance, I was like, oh, you know what? Just what you said. Like he might be the second best player in this field. Yeah, and uh, he. Uh, I don't know if it was him exactly, but. Uh, during the one of the broadcasts, they were talking as if Nate Lashley was watching the broadcast, and like these guys, all like all these guys in the Arizona tours know him. So obviously, he's down there playing with them. He's familiar with these players, so he's kind of in with this kind of brotherhood, I guess you could call it, this tight knit group of outlaw tour grinders. So it's not like he's just showing up to tune up his game, but he's kind of he's competing with these guys. And I just for one round, yeah, it's you kind of maybe want to see what he's, what he's got, but you can also take that risk and see if he's got it on in round one. Below him are a handful of names that we've 
kind of talked about quite a bit over the last couple of weeks. You've had Jeremy Paul at 9,200, KK Limbasut, uh, Mark Anguiano, Brent Grant, who took off last week. He's back this week uh, down at 8,800. Is there any one of, of these guys that moves the needle for you? I think they're all pretty intriguing. I mean, Limbasut or Limbasut, he just 9K, he was probably – 15 or like 10 10 5 last week last couple yeah. weeks and now he's taking a nice little price drop um didn't really have it last week after his win but i mean one kind of one bad week can't really focus too much on that but uh yeah these are like the grinders that we're we're accustomed to and i think if you you can build a pretty solid lineup based on this little range here and just have as much upside as if you would if you were jamming in the five figure guys yeah, and uh, to KK's credit, while he did not necessarily have his best stuff last week, he finished in a tie for 33rd. He did open with a 66, which is which was five under last week, which would be more than enough in any you know in any showdown situation to plug him in at nine thousand dollars, get a five under round, which he probably won't get this week, but you know a three under round, four under round, maybe. Uh, he still has that ability to to pile up birdies in a big way. Yeah, and there's uh, you know, Brent Grant's back at yep. 8,800. One of kind of a guy that we we targeted a couple weeks ago, but right below him is a guy, uh, I think it's Taylor Montgomery, um, Corn Ferry Tour player. He's had a couple of really high finishes at this tournament the last couple of years, both top tens, and um, you know, he opened at I think 28 to one. So hmm. I was hoping to see his number around 40, maybe fly under the radar a bit more, but. A name that probably he won't get a lot of attention just because we haven't seen him in the you know the player pool before when all these other names are pretty familiar. That I think is key. I think that guys and there's a lot of them. There's like I don't know, 80 guys in this field that have probably not popped up on DraftKings yet over the course course of the past six weeks. I think just a great way to diversify is getting some of, and, and it's not like they're, they're much worse, right? A lot of these guys play on the corn Ferry tour. A lot of these guys play on PGA tour, Latino America. Like they're, they're playing in the same, in, in the similar tours professionally as their peers are, but this is the first time that anyone's really seen them available to roster. So I do like that Eric as just like, Hey, you know, if you're deciding between Brent Grant and, and Taylor Montgomery, uh, Brent Grant is a guy that has done interviews for us. Thank you very much, Brent Grant, a guy that has been rostered, a guy that's been talked about on podcasts and on and on YouTube. Taylor Montgomery probably comes in at a, at a fraction of the ownership when they might have similar upside. Yeah, and as we get go down further, I mean, there's even more corn, kind of Corn Ferry Tour guys, at least dudes with PGA Tour. You know, when they Google their name, it comes up on the PGA <laughs> Tour. So that means yeah. at least something. Um, and yeah. then there's the guys who go that takes you right to like the, their college page. You're just like, okay, this guy might be an amateur. So one quick Google search and you can kind of get a, a feel for where he's <laughs> played or what kind of level he's reached. But uh, yeah, Montgomery's one to kind of look at, um, but there are a lot of kind of how interesting many, names in here. How many guys in this field have you Googled? Oh, don't make me reveal the whole number. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Um, so let's, let's keep going. I mean, JJ spawn, 8,400. You mentioned guys that were, I don't know, 10, 10 and a half thousand dollars a couple of weeks ago. Uh, JJ Spawn, you were dead on this. You, you had the inside intel that was like, Spawn might be a little rusty, might not be playing all that great. Uh, I stayed away from him as, and I, I think you did too, as the whole world kind of said, oh, JJ Spawn's in this field, uh, didn't play particularly well. I guess it was two weeks ago. Uh, like, 
are, are we going back to him? Is there someone better down here in this range that we would prefer? I'm definitely more interested in spawn this week. Um, I'm kind of proud of these outlaw tour guys to kind of stick it to them and kind yeah. of show that, you know, you can't just walk on here and immediately dominate these, these other players. So uh, I kind of like, I wasn't cheering against them, but I definitely wasn't, you know, unhappy to see him struggle a bit. Um, it's nice to know that he's got one of these tour of one of these events under his belt, maybe a little more comfortable, shook off some rust, whatever it is, but at 8,400, he's definitely, an option now but the, i would suspect that the the ownership's going to be around 30 35 percent so um definitely a case to fade them just based on ownership alone you know who i think is kind of interesting uh seventy nine hundred dollars is colton yates who pulled a full keegan last week epat he was your first round leader and missed the cut that uh it doesn't happen often especially on the PGA tour. We saw it last week. Um, but I, I hate to say this. I don't really care about that. I, I care about like the seven or eight under he shot in round number one to show me that uh, he has the ability to go low. He's 7,900, uh, three straight top tens before that miscut last, last week, fifth place finish here last year at talking stick. Like I might not be the only one on him, but 7,900 feels like a pretty good plug and play spot. Yeah, he has, he has exactly what you're looking for in a, in a one round showdown. Um, you'd never want to see him go full Keegan, but it was, <laughs> it was nice to get a taste of the, the PGA tour when we're following this other tour here. Um, but there are some, this name as you, you know, the, the ownership's going to be spread thin across the top, top of the $7,000 range. So I don't think ownership's going to be an issue. Uh, there's so many names here and so many options to go to. Um, I think Yates is a, a fine play for a bounce back. Um, just kind of look before we get too far down the list, Yannick Paul, who is yep. compared to his brother for like ever, uh, the same odds for like a few weeks. Now he's a thousand dollars cheaper. And I think double the odds in the betting market, just, he hasn't maybe played as well lately, but still we know that the talent is there. Um, and now you're kind of getting a discount and people are definitely going to be forgetting about him, but a familiar name that has shown that he can, he can, you know, shoot a five or six under round. Yeah, uh, Jeremy has just kind of separated over the uh, past couple of weeks. I think he's got a third, a fifth, a sixth, a seventh. But yeah, Yannick's been he's he's been there. He's been in contention. He's played well. Uh, you're right that for the long this is the biggest difference we've seen in both odds and salary of the Paul brothers since kind of all of this has started. So that's a good call right there. Um, even going down here, I see two Bradys. I see uh, Calkins, who is seventy eight hundred dollars, who is your defending champion, and I also see Schnell, who did he start this whole. VJ thing? Did he start this whole thing? Well, you could say VJ started it by <laughs> okay, true. the tournament. But yes, he he definitely put some gasoline on that fire. Um, and uh, you know, grinding the DMs once again. There I've got go. someone on the ground saying that Schnell is a guy to look out for. He is a Corn Ferry Tour player. He apparently plays a talking stick a bunch. Um, so someone you might have an eye on. He's definitely got. I don't know. He probably won't have the immediate attention as he would if he was actually at like a Corn Ferry Tour event. But uh, yeah, definitely a name that we've recognized for a different reason, but someone to consider. Okay. Uh, now this, this is the point, Eric, where, you know, we're, we're getting down to 7,500, getting a little lower than that. Um, there are a few names that stick out to me. I see someone like Colt Nost is here at 7,400. Uh, Blake Cannon, who... Um, I mean, he went, he went nuclear for like two rounds last week, wasn't able to, to 
finish the thing off, but like he's only 7,300. Um, Colton Lapa is, is 72. I, am I on the right track here? Are there other names that I should be looking at to kind of fill out, fill out my lineups? Yeah, this is kind of where I'm interested to see how it plays out because there are these names that we're used to seeing from the last few weeks um, that are getting considerably cheaper and cheaper as more talent comes into the into the pool. And as well, there's a bunch of more names that we see down here that we're, we're like, who is this guy? You got to obviously got to Google him, trying to figure yeah. out where he's been playing. Um, and people probably won't do that, so they'll just kind of remember, oh yeah, Lapa or Cannon or you know any other this collection of names down here that are probably going to get a little bit of an ownership boost based on just recognition as opposed to, you know, the, t the talent that they might have or their, their upside of going low. But uh, yeah, I, I like Cannon. He, he made a triple on in the final round. Apparently he thought he hit a perfect shot. It just went, it flew the green by like 10 yards and wound up in a cactus or a bush behind the green. So just kind of got derailed there. So I'm probably going back to the well with him. Um. I do that all the time. I hit a perfect shot and end up making a triple as well. Uh, so I, I feel, I feel his pain on that one. Um, okay. So I, I was considering, I was trying to figure out if I should go back to him. Um, and even, even, okay. So there's also like Samuel Saunders, who is not the Sam Saunders. He is, uh, but like last, last week he, I think had one really nuclear round as well. Um, or he went 68, 67, 68, but his back nine on, I think round number one, he just like caught fire. So like someone like that, who has the ability to rack up birdies in a big way, he's 6,900. Um, Steven Cupcho's here. Steven Cupcho's played this event before. Uh, he, that's brother of, of Jennifer Cupcho. Uh, he's, he's played at, at talking stick at this event. So like, those are the names that I'm kind of target targeting. Is there anybody else, Eric, that we should be considering? Yeah. I just want to hit on Saunders quickly. He was yeah. top five last week and, uh, and par breakers, which is something you want to see. Right. Um, Hans Reimers, which he, I think he came top five last week. Uh, I saw, I'm pretty sure he was in one of the winning lineups, um, either round two or three from, from last week's event. So people will probably recognize that. And there's one more guy that uh, he shot seven under to close last week. I'm trying to find his price here, but Neil Johnson, I believe his name is uh, he's 6,800. Yeah. Um, yeah. He closed with seven under, which is obviously something you want to see. And again, just a name that was put on a list for me of guys to look for um, from someone who's very, very familiar with the course. So uh that's someone I've penciled in for, you know, betting and, and DK. So uh, someone I'll be tracking. I love it. I love all the, uh, the inside information we get from, from you, Epat, we're grinding on the, on the DMS much appreciated. These guys are willing to uh, <laughs> spill it out if you ask it. So it's, actually I, I did get shut down by one dude who's a little more cautious than I was thinking, but uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, you just got to ask the question sometimes put it out there and they'll come back with an answer. I guess it's worth, noting that eric ash won this two years ago um he's 6800 so a defending champion at 6800 is kind of nice there you go is it worth noting that three years ago eric gagne was in this field but did not play a fellow canadian uh eric gagne former major league baseball pitcher now turned uh, i guess he plays some mini tour events was supposed to tee it up three years ago didn't play. I, i'm i got it we got to get him on the line and figure out why he didn't play this three years ago I couldn't handle the heat. Is that the year Damon Damon won? Yeah, it is. Uh, just, yeah. You know, too much too much power for him. Couldn't handle it. 
Oh man, do you think he wears the glasses like those uh, sport goggles while he's 100%. playing? Hundred percent, for yeah. sure. Has to. <laughs> not uh, tinted, not sunglasses. <laughs> uh, all right, Epat. What we're gonna do is we're gonna talk uh, some bets on the other side. But first, we'll take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. And we're back. All right, Eric, we broke down the DraftKings player pool for this week. We've got some targets to keep an eye out for, but now we're going to kind of change our attention a little bit and we're going to readjust and we're going to think back at uh, the, the entirety of the tournament. So we're going into the betting angle of this. No surprise that Joel Damon is the odds on favorite, but he is five to one, Eric, which I don't like betting guys that are five to one in, um, you know, 30 man fields or like 75 man fields. I, I really don't like doing it in 153 man fields. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think Damon is clearly the best player in the field. I think he, his game is obviously on point after shooting a 58 a couple of days ago. You can, you could knock, I, I, I'm not even sure I bet Rory at five to one here. Wow, don't get would you carried bet Rory away. At five here. To one here? Would, okay, I what would number probably would you bet, bet Rory, Rory at? at five to one here? Would you bet, but... him, at, would you bet him at three to one? Frig. Uh, <laughs> I'd have to consider that. I don't know. Three to one's pretty short. It's I'd be just, just so more random. Blown away to the fact I feel that Rory's like. here. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is random. But Rory, I mean, that's different. Right. Different right. caliber. Maybe, maybe I went too far. <laughs> that fifty-eight's got to you. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, five to one is I'm glad he's here because he's kind of boosting the odds of some of the other people around him at the top. Yeah, that's true. Um, so, you know, Cheka's 10 to one, Strillman's 12 to one, uh, Picanso 12 to one. And then we get like, I'm going to start my, my card here. Uh, friend of the pod, Dylan Wu. I, I kind of mentioned it earlier where I think two things, uh, go in Dylan's favor here. Um, betting like I don't want to I don't want to play him in one round because I think he is very solid I think he is very consistent um I I don't think he he gives shots away I I want him for like the entire in the the entire event so I want to bet him and also if the winning score is going to be 9 10 11 under par I think that is much more likely for Wu to go out and shoot I don't know 
68-68-68 and win this event or be in a playoff or something like that than to ask him to shoot 63-64-63. So at 16-1, to I'm probably starting my card at Dylan Wu. Yeah, I like I kind of like that thought you put there. Like for a full tournament, obviously these guys are a lot more viable, even if the number is a little short. Um, I like you know Wu. You kind of mentioned this on your podcast maybe a week ago, two weeks ago, where he's kind of going through the motion. And he didn't really want to peak yet, but mm-hmm. this kind of feels more like a tournament where he would try to try to win. I think the winner gets like twenty grand, so that's yeah. a pretty nice chunk of change. Um, but from these guys at the top, I'm still kind of Lashley's down to 18. I wish it was still in like the 25 range, but I can still get on board there if I am going to venture to the top, which uh, I haven't quite decided, but I'm leaning Lashley if, if forced to choose from, from the favorites here. Yeah. To, and just to wrap up that point on, on Wu, he had mentioned to us that like he's trying to peak when the Corn Fairy Tour returns. Now, that obviously does not mean if he's in contention of this event, he is not going to try to win it. And he's going to be like, oh, I'm just practicing something because you're right that, you know, and, and this is something we rarely talk about in golf. Um, but the, 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 the top prize, the 20 grand is like three times what it was last week. Uh, it's, it's a nice little, a nice little chunk of change for a lot of guys uh, to play over, over hiatus here. Now, did we just completely like, we, I don't even think we've mentioned his name yet. Brandon Harkins is 25 to one. Uh, Brandon Harkins is a guy we've seen play on the PGA tour. I think he has corn fairy status right now. Um, and I, and I think he was playing all right. He had a, a second place finish in the Bahamas early in the year. Um, he, he, to me is a little bit, maybe I prefer him in, in showdown or in fantasy than betting, but I just thought maybe we should chat about a guy who's 25 to one and had a, had his PGA tour card as off as early as what last year. Yeah, he's, couple of years of PJ tour under his belt. Um, but yeah, I think you hit on it more of a showdown guy. He was actually in uh, playing with Damon when he shot the 58 and he shot 70 for whatever it's worth. Um, oh, there you go. He actually lost to Chicago Cubs outfielder. I think Ian Happ, which I don't know if that's a great sign, but maybe Happ's a, a good oh golfer, I guess. Um, <laughs> but I think, you know, people like playing Harkins when he was on the PGA tour, just cause he had that ability to, you know, first round leader kind of, yeah. kind of guy. So I think people will be kind of drawn to him. I think he's like 95 or 9,300. Um, he's in the 9Ks for, for DraftKings. So uh, definitely not going to be a bet, but definitely someone to keep your eyes on. If he maybe he comes out of the gates a little slow, but makes a lot of birdies, but shoots like one under, um, kind of someone you want to maybe pencil in for round two. Did you did you get a bet in on on Montgomery? You you mentioned he's twenty eight to one. That's the number that I still see here, um, just above Harkins. He's kind of in between Harkins and and Brent Grant and and Brady Calkins. Did you get a bet in on Montgomery? Uh, I did not. I wish it was just a little higher. Twenty um, eight's fine, but I was hoping to maybe sneak in like a thirty five or a forty, which usually isn't the greatest way to think about it, but just kind of. I'm kind of just picking my spots here. I'm not going to force anything that I'm not comfortable going to. So yeah, nothing, nothing on Montgomery, but just kind of more someone to take a keep, keep an eye on. Okay. Um, I, I mentioned uh, Colton Yates who had that full, full Keegan situation last week. He's 66 to one. And uh, you mentioned Brady Schnell was looking good. He's 80 to one. Uh, th- that's, I don't know how much lower I'd go um, than that. You know, this field feels pretty, pretty top heavy to me. 
Do you have any bets in, or are there guys that we should be considering for uh, for outrights? Um, I actually got Lucas, Kevin Lucas, but he was 66, and now he's 33, which, I mean, <laughs> I'm considering that a win already. For uh, sure. And I think I do actually think Spawn at 40 is uh, – there's nothing wrong with that play. Um, he's, he's just clearly one of the better players in this field, and if I'm going to get him for three rounds – I think 40 is a, a more than fair number. And I'm surprised it actually hasn't dropped yet. Uh, I would expect that there's a lot of people putting their money down on Spawn. So maybe maybe these books know something, maybe they don't. But uh, I, could, I could see Spawn in contention. 40 is a nice number. It's worth, I guess it's worth noting that um, there hasn't been a winner over 18 to 1, I believe, since we've kind of been tracking the Outlaw Tour. So Oh, wow. It's last week was obviously there was a chance with there was the amateur and I think Cannon was 80 to one and he was in the final group. So there were options there. Um, but as more and more talent does come into these fields, we are getting guys like Riley Wielden at 50, um, you know, Blake Cannon against 66, Colton Yates 66. So like the guys who were typically 20 to one are now in the, the 60 range. So maybe we do see a kind of a upset here or a, a longer shot, take it down. But again, something to be cautious of when you're just, you know, going down to pick some favorite or pick some long shots. Yeah. And I mean, we talked about that weeks ago where we said there's such a big discrepancy there. It's probably just better to stay at, at the top of the board. And I guess it's bared itself out over the past couple of weeks. Uh, I am seeing more betting options and I'm sure you have even more than, than we do in, in Canada, but I'm seeing, you know, like they've got top five and top 10 stuff, which I don't remember seeing uh, at least this early previously, but like, for example, you know, Joel Damon, uh, the only guy with, uh, you know, minus odds to finish top 10. And he is minus 175 to finish in the top 10 here, which, you know, terrifies me. But at the same time, it's Joel Damon, who's, you know, the best player in the field, defending champion, 58, blah, 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 minus 175 to finish 10th. Like that feels like a lock, but I guess nothing in golf is a lock. Yeah, I wouldn't be betting minus once, like maybe a top five at, uh, he's like plus 150, which is if you want to get a piece yeah. of Damon, I, I still wouldn't really, really recommend it. But I get, yeah, it's nice to see these options. I actually just scrolled all the way to the bottom and I see a top European player, which they definitely haven't offered before, which is Cheka, Callum oh, Hill, yeah. Jeremy Paul, Jimmy Gunn, and Yannick Paul. So, a nice little five-person so, group there. Jeremy Paul, four to one to beat the four other goons. Like that feels so good. <laughs> it is. It, I mean, it's yeah. I, that's kind of nice value and something you can still sprinkle some money down on on the outrights and still have this kind of sweat here. But four to one is pretty nice. Um, aren't his odds the exact same as Callum Hills? So yeah yeah he should be probably more like plus 275 like hill i'm not sure why the discrepancy is oh, there but i'm putting that in right now um and they also okay so here's here's one thing that i i think we should should consider as well so first round leader um if you i always feel this way it, it works the same way in, in pga tour betting as well obviously but like so joel damon's five to one to win the golf tournament but he's ten to one to be your first round leader Sometimes, like I, like, I get it, right? The, the better the player, the more rounds they play, the more likely they are to come out on top. But, like, if I was trying to get Joel Damon action, uh, I can get twice the odds that he'll just be leading after the first round as opposed to having, having, having to have him win the tournament. Like, I feel like that would be a – I'd rather bet first-round leader Joel Damon than tournament Joel Damon. 
Yeah, and you'll get like this is kind of where you'll see um, the books are obviously reacting to money elsewhere and they're kind of correcting themselves in some of the other offerings. So like Streelman is the second favorite to be first round leader. And whereas he's, you know, the third and tied with Picanso um, outright. So obviously there's, mm. they're leaning Streelman here more. And then you see Callum Hill and Dylan Wu outside of Brandon Harkins. So like, why is Harkins 25 outright, 25 first round leader when all these other guys are kind of getting adjusted. So you'll see the books kind of adjust um, based on what they're seeing, I guess, where the, the money's going elsewhere. It's just kind of, you can pick your spots and see where you can find value. Um, I actually noticed it in the top 10 out uh, offering uh, Neil Johnson. I have him at 18 to one for top 10. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's a priced above guys who are like 150, 125 to one outright. So it just, it's a uh, kind of a spot where I, I identified some value. Interesting. Well, uh, definitely do your homework. Definitely go through it. Uh, Eric, we thank you so much for jumping on and uh, helping us out today. How's uh, you looking for, we're gonna get some real, we're gonna get some real live golf uh, this week. And then also, you know, the Taylor, the Taylor made match, then uh, Tiger versus Phil, you getting excited? It is nice to have something to look forward to write a couple previews and trying to figure out what the day like, I guess it's a week today where Rory and DJ and Fowler and Wolf are going to be going at it. Um, it's exciting for sure. It's going to give us a taste of, you know, what, what uh, COVID-19 golf is going to look like with the flag in and the, and the pins and these guys, apparently they're going to be carrying their own bags. So um, we'll see how that works out. I wonder who's going to take a pull cart. I can't wait to see that. I cannot wait to see these guys carrying <laughs> their own bags. I'm all in injected baby. Um, Eric, writer, uh, check out Eric's work on the score. You can follow him on Twitter. It is at, epat golf uh thanks for listening we're going to be doing a lot of previews on the upcoming tailor-made skins match uh tiger v phil part two make sure to send us uh your questions comments on twitter at first cut pod or via a probable five-star review on apple podcast uh i'm rick Gaiman at rick run good this has been the first cut and we'll talk to you next time Hey everyone, this is Jimmy Conrad, your favorite former U.S. Men's National Team player and the host of the Call It What You Want podcast. 
And I'm here to tell you that Viore is a versatile clothing brand that speaks my language. It's inspired from the coastal California lifestyle, just like me. Its products stand the test of time, just like me. And also just like me, it endeavors to inspire others to live vibrant, healthy lives. Viore gear is designed to look great in everyday life while also being perfect for any workout activity. I'm currently rocking the men's Sunday performance jogger. And don't let the name deceive you. You can wear these babies any day of the week and in any situation. I'm talking going to the office, running errands, the gym, whatever your heart desires, because Viore is an investment in your happiness. For our listeners, they are offering 20% off your first purchase. So get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com sports. That's V-U-O-R-I dot sports. Not only will you receive 20% off your first purchase, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Again, go to viore.com sports and discover the versatility of Viore clothing.